All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Muscle Thank you very much for joining us. We are off the course, off the back of a fantastic move with Charles Oliveira. You'll see the weekend, the new lightweight champion, so we'll get stuck into that very shortly. Young Matthew, how are you doing first of all? Are you good? I'm smashing, thank you. How are you? All good, thanks. Yeah, all good. Been to the gym before and got my squats in. My voice going there again. It's the second time on a Saturn today, isn't it? It is, it is. Obviously it is. took it out of me. It's the second time because uh, we've had a little bit of a little bit of a pickle recording there, haven't we, Joe? Uh, as yeah, per usual, there's always something with us too. So we, uh, we're going to do all we can to get it out to you. But as I say, you're looking absolutely ring, Joe. Look at that barnet. It's very <laughs> Goodfellas-esque, fresh off your squats. Thanks, Walk, thanks. Walking like you shit yourself for the next week. Of course, of course. And then, yeah, first, like I said, it's the uh, first workout of the week, the squats. So feel it for the rest of the week. Do it all again next time. So something to look it. forward to. Something to look forward it, to. Um, <laughs> What else do we love, though, Joe? We love a big old title win at the weekend in the UFC. How was it, eh? Superb, wasn't it? Absolutely superb. Charles Oliveira picking up the win against Michael Chandler. I did predict it. I thought I thought Oliveira might get a submission. He got a TKO win in the end. You obviously went with Chandler, so bragging rights to myself there on that one. But I just thought it was superb. I, I, to be fair, I thought Chandler start, uh, Oliveira started well. Chandler kind of came back. And then when he when he kind of got the knockdown and wobbled him and had him troubled on the floor and bit of ground and pound, I, w- I was concerned, to be honest. And when that round was over, I, you know, I thought, I don't know, maybe maybe he's gotten away from Oliveira. Chandler looks very good here. Clearly, he's got a lot of power in his hands, hasn't he? Um, for not the, not the biggest of, of blokes, really, not the biggest of 155s. But to see Oliveira come out in the second round and, and fight the way he did, he almost looked brand new. It looked like that first round didn't even happen, to, to be honest. He looked better. And of course, he got he finished the fight. Super, like it was a just a smashing left hand. I thought that he caught him with, you know. And when you think about it, he was 20 when he started in the in the USC Oliveira. That was 11 years ago. He's 31 now, <laughs> which is incredible. So clearly, he's got he spent a lot of time in the, in the game, and his, his striking has improved. Most submissions in the USC, you got to worry about him stopping you as well. So fantastic the reaction afterwards. Running over Joe Rogan, giving him somewhat of a cuddle was brilliant. Over to Dana as well, into the crowd, reminiscent of Jose Aldo back in the day. Superb. What do you reckon? Just sacking every COVID protocol in the book, yeah. young Charlie. But Done. 11 years in the making and some from obviously pre-UFC, he, he deserves it. He deserves to celebrate like that. Um, what what a ridiculous moment. What a ridic- I was on my own, Joe, watching it in the front room. You know, when you're getting up and you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. Like you're getting up, you're, you're like hugging like the sofa, like anything you get your hands on. You didn't know what to do with yourself. Just like a lunatic. But um, That was amazing. God knows what people in that crowd were feeling. And, and the commentary, again, were on point. But the, the performance itself was absolutely unbelievable. It had everything to fight, I thought. I thought we had the, the backstory. Obviously, you've got Charles Oliveira on one hand. Probably... He is the long, the longest-serving champion, and I don't know how you would put it. He's had the most fights to get to a title, whereas Charlo sure. is in his second in the UFC to try and win yeah. the title. So you had that disparity there. If Charlo was on the ground with Oliveira, he's in trouble. He had his back for so long, got out of it. You thought he was out of the woods, and then started landing haymakers on him, bomb after bomb after bomb. And uh, Oliveira just about weathered the storm, got out of the round, and I think Charlo probably... Um, quite justly, come in brimming with confidence as that second round and probably a bit too overconfident. And Oliveira, as you've said, just looked like a completely brand new fighter, like the first round didn't even happen. And he had a fantastic left hook. But it just shows you his evolution as a fighter. He, he was throwing knees, the left hook. 
I think he threw an elbow in there before the finish and uh, what was it, 19 seconds of the second round and it was just all over. It was just a crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Wow, 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 as Joe Rogan said. <laughs> and I think shout out to the referee as well. I think uh, he done well to not stop it in that first round and he also he gave Chana a little bit of time as well. So I think that was Big Dan, Mergliotta in there. He obviously wore one in the gonads afterwards when Dana put the belt around him. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I, who, Mergliotta? Yeah, so obviously he's standing there holding Charles's arm up, isn't he? And Dana comes in with a belt. And Dana's like swung it round him. <laughs> and the edge of one of the straps has tapped Mergliotta in the nuts. Uh, and he laughs him, it. He give kind him of laughs five it minutes, Give him five minutes to recover <laughs> yeah, from that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that was funny. That. But yeah, superb, superb. And for Chandler? For Chandler, where's he go? I mean, that's he was brilliant on the mic, I thought, after just epitomised great sportsmanship. Uh, and I think he will be back because he was just he was seconds away. Uh, ten more seconds in that fight and it's probably over. Um, he's a fantastic talent. I'm looking forward to seeing him come back. But the lightweights, Joe, we went into the co-main event as well, so there's plenty of talking points there. What'd you make of this one? Yeah, I mean, before we get into who's gonna who's gonna have a go of who next, we might as well get into the co-main event because you've got a new contender in there in the top five, and that's Benil Dariush overcame Tony Ferguson. Pretty dominant performance, wasn't it? You know, it's it's it was. It was quite sad, to be honest. I did feel I did feel a little bit sad to to see Ferguson lose like that. I'm, I'm pleased with Dariush. He's earned it. He's obviously upset that his Tesla hasn't arrived for his wife yet, so he had an opportunity to to get <laughs> get that out there. But no, fair play, Dariush. It was dominant a dominant performance. Uh, nothing too outstanding, perhaps you could say, when you look at maybe Ferguson's previous two fights and and what how those transpired. Although it, I guess it was a similar performance to Oliveira, wasn't it? So you could argue, fair play, he's just done what Oliveira did. He he might as well, he, he could possibly get a title shot, which which would be fantastic. But yeah, overriding faults on that one were for, for Ferguson. He seems like he still wants to carry on afterwards, but it was just uh, it was a bit of a shame to see, you know? Yeah, I think you could put to the last two fights, oh, he was fighting Gaethje, he was fighting Oliveira. But for it to happen, not no disrespect to Darius, but I mean, like, for it to happen three times, Three dominating performances. It just—it was sad to see. I mean, he's 37 now. He's getting old, and he—and he just looks it. I mean, I, I felt a bit sorry for Darius because everyone in the crowd and those watching at home was willing Tony to win. I know you said yeah. you wanted Darius to win. Um, it'd be nice to see because he's had a rocky road. But you gotta admit, in your heart of hearts, you wanted Tony to pull something off in those last seconds. But it of just course. weren't happening. Yeah. It just weren't happening at all. And I think you're right. He will carry on. He has said said as such. Got a horrible feeling he's going to be one of those that carries on for far, far too long because that's just obviously his makeup. He did, he looked well off. He just looked like he's just not got the physicality really anymore. He looks he looks his age. His striking doesn't look as great. He looks like the wars have caught up with him. He looked like he was never going to get anything off his back. Granted, the last two fighters he's fought on the ground have been two world class grapplers, so that might have exposed him a little bit. I just don't think he was not. He wasn't the number five lightweight. He was in the rankings, but he wasn't the number five lightweight in the world going into that fight, was he? he? He's far from that now, unfortunately. And I'm the biggest Tony Ferguson fan in the world. I'm hoping he's not going to go down the route of when new fans come into the sport, like with Anderson Silva, like with I don't know, Cowboy perhaps, Pettis, those type of former champions who the new fans just see as that that fella that loses all the time. The old geezer. I don't want him to be remembered for that. I think he's a, a surefire Hall of Famer. 
And it was good to see the crowd fully behind him because it just shows you the respect he has in the community. But with regards to where he goes next, he's probably going to carry on. But I think he needs to be fighting some of these legends, maybe a rematch with Cowboy or somebody like that. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth there because we might now we've got them out of the way. We might as well look at who's going to fight who next because it's quite interesting in there now. And for Ferguson against Cerrone, it popped up the other day on my radar and I put a tweet out. And as much as I do like that fight, it is a, like a fantastic fight, a fight kind of just two legends going going at it. If you felt sad seeing Ferguson lose at the weekend or if you felt sad seeing Cerrone lose the last time out, I mean, imagine how gutting that would be to see whoever comes out on the wrong side of that one as, as, as much as of a sort of a, a dream matchup as it is. Yeah, some, someone's got to lose though, Joe. Somebody's got to lose. I mean, I'd rather see that but at least one of them get the win, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, ideally, I just want... Just give them both a couple of easy... Both give them a couple of easy wins. And... Well, I'll, I'll have I'll have Tony, you have Donald, and then that's them getting the win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, All right, then yeah. what, about, what about top well, ones? Well, let's, let's have a look at it, because the rankings have come out, Joe, over the weekend. So we've got, uh, obviously, Charlie. He's got the belt. He's got the picture. He's the one with the picture on the rankings glorified picture and then you've got Dustin Poirier obviously at number one Gaethje number two Darius number three in the world who would have thought this about a year ago eh? so fair play to him yeah, excellent performance but I haven't really touched on his performance it was just fucking just dominant wasn't it? he looked so much bigger he looked stronger struggled to make the weight it seemed needed another hour to do so but yeah fantastic performance for him glad to see him get, uh, get his kudos finally Michael Chandler sitting at number four and Conor McGregor has managed to Go up a space Close. over yeah, the weekend. <laughs> How's he managed that? Eh? He, he is magic, isn't he? Yeah, I, I see. You, I see you giving it out a little bit on the on the Instagram earlier. Well, I was, no, I was giving it out, but I didn't even realise until after I'd given it out that he'd actually gone up a space. I just thought he was number five. For time. <laughs> He's actually gone up a space. So Ferguson's yeah, down I mean, at number six. Uh, McGregor's at number five. So with yeah. all that being said, Joseph, what, what are you saying? How's this lightweight division playing out? So I can't. I can't really turn my eye away from Chandler versus Gaethje at the moment. I think that's, you know, Gaethje's almost a forgotten man in a lot of ways. And like on the last week's pod, I said I thought Poirier is the best lightweight in the world and whoever wins at the weekend just gone will be the number two. And it's Oliveira is the man. But I almost forgot about Gaethje because, yeah, he's, he, he, can't, he had his run, didn't he? And he lost to Khabib and that's it. You haven't seen him again. So in a way, you can't dismiss him. So I would like to see Chandler against Gaethje. I'm happy. I'm happy for Chandler to, you know, with with all the contenders you've got in there, you could see a little bit of a merry-go-round. So I don't think there's any point Chandler going and fighting someone who's number seven or eight and saying, right, you've got to work your way back up. Similar to Gaethje, I don't think there's any point for that. So I think put those two against each other. That's a good one. I think the winner of the winner of Dustin Connor will will probably get the winner, and I'd say Dustin deserves it. If Dustin beats Connor, I think. Rightly so, Dustin should fight, should fight Oliveira for the title. I couldn't say the same for Connor. If Connor beat Dustin, I don't think he would deserve a title. But I think he'd probably get it. Do it in Brazil, maybe. <laughs> He's getting that if, if if he wins that, 100%. I mean, yeah, he, he kind of would deserve it, though. Because if Dustin deserves if it, he, beats, he goes Dustin, and beats the person yeah. who does deserve it. That's fair. He deserves it, probably. Yeah. But that's... Oliveira wants one, the winner of that, really, because they're the two biggest names. So I think we should begrudge Oliveira a bit. It might 
it might um, not sit right with a lot of people. McGregor does end up fighting for the title in 2021. But Oliveira would be happy to have that one. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of fighters out there in that top five who are, are, are not a good matchup for uh, Oliveira. I've got to say, I think Gaethje... Oh, you really? mentioned him. I think Gaethje's... Oliveira's a tailor-made matchup for him. I really do. I think you see he's got... He's a different animal to Khabib, and I, I just think I just think Gaethje's, yeah, I, I think he's all wrong for him. I think he's all wrong for him. But I've continuously <laughs> gone against Been Oliveira, <laughs> and um, I've just guaranteed and, and he hasn't Gaethje lost for nine him. fights or something ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, I've would go through him six years yeah. ago. <laughs> but I like your fight there, J- uh, Gaethje and uh, Chandler makes sense. Both coming off title losses just in does, the. I was thinking there maybe Gaethje and Dariush, but I think they've got a little bit of a bromance going on. I don't know if I see some stuff going on there where they've got a little bit of a friendship. Dariush is in a difficult position, isn't he? Because uh, Poirier's obviously tied up. Gaethje, is he not going to fight him? Um, He's spent so long trying to get one of these higher-ranked fighters to come back down the rankings to fight him. With shoes on the other foot now, he's got to start accepting some fighters uh, lower down the rankings. And when you're at that number three, that's going to be difficult to do once you've got to that spot. He's going to be a little bit reluctant to do that, I think. So uh, I think he also said he might be taking a lot of the year off as well. So don't know if that'll work against him, but fair play. He should definitely do that if that's what he wants to do. And yeah, then you're looking at Tony Ferguson, Dezanjos, all these sort of fires. I think RDA is going to want to throw his name into the hat there as well. Makachev, he's, he's the... He's the missing piece there. By all accounts, a lot of people turning him down. So he's fighting Tiago Moises, I think. So he's yeah. going backwards. All sorts going on there, Joe. Don't know what's going to happen. But Charles Oliveira is your champion. 11 years into the game. 28 fights has taken him. He's now more than Bisping than he, than he took in the UFC to get there. 28 fights. And he's only 31. So, so many. Yeah. So, yeah. I couldn't be more pleased for him. But the, the actual division... Who knows? It's going to be Poirier and McGregor in it, the winner of that. And rightly so, really, particularly if Poirier wins. But the rest of it is just a bit of a clusterfuck. I can see it going the way of like middleweight, where loads of ch- uh, fires are coming in last minute and jumping six, seven places, getting big wins and stuff like that. There's a bit of a turnover with some old and new fighters coming in. So I expect big changes over the rest of the year, I think. Let's run through some more of them then. Edson Barboza picked up a big win against Shane Burgos at featherweight. Called this one correctly. Barboza looked good, then he? he looked fantastic, really. Burgos looked good as well. Both did. Yeah, it was a fantastic fight. I think he may, might have won fight of the night. Don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, he, he did. He did. Yes, so it was superb. I mean, a shame for Burgos. I, I kind of wanted Burgos to win in this one. And the way he went out was something that I haven't really seen before. He obviously took a punch, looked okay, hands up. still, And then it just, it, all of a sudden, it caught up with him. I think it took five seconds from the punch landing for him to hit the canvas. So yeah, a bit of a weird one. I guess maybe with his style, he takes he takes a few digs to give some, doesn't he? So perhaps it just it just built up, and Barboza looked extremely sharp. He did sharp as attack. <laughs> yes, sharp as attack. Precisely. Tell you, tell you what, when, if, as soon as this fight started, it was like the first one on the main card, and he just wallop that first yeah. leg kick. I was like, <laughs> yeah. here we go. Soft that. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. And that, that just set, set the tone, didn't it? For the whole the whole event, let alone the fight. But the fight was fantastic. I mean, Edson ate plenty himself. I thought they both looked fantastic. No one lost any uh, shine at all. 
And Barbosa, he, he's still going. He just looks, he just looks so good. Then kicks, and it was good to see uh, Joe Rogan mention Edson Barbosa's switch kick, which he always used to love to mention every other episode on the old podcast yeah. years ago. But yeah, fantastic, and he's now in the top ten, Joe Edson Barbosa. So I'd like to see him. Bit of a mad one this one, but I'd like to see him against Max Holloway. I think that'd be a fantastic matchup. Um, I think yeah. he's got a name to fight him. Max is obviously all the way up at number one contendership. He's probably sitting out for a title shot. But if we're talking fun matchups here. I'd love to see that for anyone in between. Absolutely class. Korean Zombie, Arnold Allen, Danny Gabe, any of them. They're all fantastic. Say, yeah, Arnold Allen. I think that'd be a good fight for Arnold Allen. Stylistically as well, I think it could overwhelm him a little bit. And it's a, after how impressive he's looked by Bowser and such a big name. Yeah, I think that was a great little shout. He's probably, probably, probably got his eye on that, I would have thought. He's aiming for big things. Yeah, he, I mean, he's... He's got no dance partner in a minute. I think he's healing up a little bit. I think Barbosa's going to want to heal up a bit for as well, uh, a little bit as well. Fantastic! That you can't get a bigger name than Edson Barbosa, and that really solidify Arnold Allen as a uh, a featherweight contender, wouldn't it? So yeah, great shout out there, Joseph. What about Jacare then? Oft. <laughs> uh, yeah. How can, how can you hear? How many fans are in there? Fourteen thousand. Decent amount. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never seen that before in my life. No. Never. And it was just so unlucky as well. Like he, sh- he, he had him on his back, he shook him off, and his arm just ended up there, stuck under his armpit. And like, fair play, fair play to Muniz. I see it'd be a tough fight for Jacare going into it, and he looks like an absolute monster in that division. I mean, he literally just snapped Jacare's arm. Like, and it, and it was it was his upper arm. You were saying, is that right? I believe it was. I think it was like the. I don't even know what bone that is called, but above your elbow. Yeah, I don't know what it's called either. Your up, your upper arm. Go yeah, there. that's it. That's the that's the Latin name. <laughs> your upper armulus. He snapped <laughs> it like a carrot, mate. That was awful. I've never seen anything like it. Just um, you, you know when they're building it up, they're like, when they show the replay, they're like, look, you can hear it, you can hear it. Listen, listen, and you know it's coming. You're like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, DC's throwing <laughs> his headsets off. He's refusing to watch. Yeah, he can't. He can't listen, can he? Bless him. Goes bang. Oh, that was one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, you, you, you can't see it, you can hear it. So I've never never seen anything like it in MMA. Madness. A madness, bro. What about Mike Grundy then? We thought we had a favourable matchup coming into this one against Landover Natter. I have to say, I was not unimpressed with Grundy. I thought we'd done all right, but Vanatta just looked looked very good, I thought. I, I thought it was a very even matchup, to be honest. Um, I said this to you before, didn't I? I thought the, the commentary were a bit too high on Vanatta. I know mean, I might have been watching it through uh, Grandy tinted glasses, but I don't think it was as much of a swing as they were perhaps suggesting. Yes, he was—he looked really good for now. He looked really good. He very elusive striking, technically brilliant, fast. He looked brilliant down at that weight class. And perhaps Grundy was a little bit nothing, nothing, nothing. Throw a big right hand, throw a big left hand, and stuff like that. But the fact is, they were landing causing more damage than Vanatta's shots. Vanatta had a bit more volume, but I thought Grundy's shots had a little bit more um, oomph. jeopardy and oomph in them. So yeah. I think, yeah, and, and, and yes, he wasn't getting the takedowns. He got a couple, but he was going for takedowns. But what's the difference between that and Vanatta's missing strikes? So I don't know. I don't think it was as a flawless performance as the commentary was saying. I thought it was a little bit biased. I don't know. <laughs> like I say, I don't know if I'm being a bit too much no. of a in saying that, but I think... Yeah, I think it was a little... They can do that sometimes. They were getting a bit keen over things that weren't really particularly that impressive. Yeah, it impressive looked splashy, and, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and I, I, Grundy was landing like a big knee at times, some big right hands, and they were sort of almost sort of barely mentioning it. Maybe I was just annoyed listening to it. No, yeah, I think I think it was a close fight. I think two one Vanatta is probably fair. I would have given it, and I think the two rounds that Grundy lost were close. There weren't a much in it. I, I probably I probably would say it was a fair result, but for Grundy, a little bit of work to do. You know, he's not he's not miles away from an, exper- an experienced veteran in Vanatta. And I think Dean Thomas made a good point. It was a little bit like, right, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to punch and then I'm going to try and take you down. And trying to merge those two a little bit would probably, you know, it's probably all it really needs. If it was, if it, if I had to give my completely amateur opinion with no experience whatsoever, which obviously I would love to do. First round, Grundy, I probably, I probably, I probably wouldn't wrestle in the first round. I'd probably go out, chop the front leg, go a little bit Justin Gaethje, throw, throw one twos and just do that for a round and then maybe spring it on them later on. But far be it from me to oh, tell you, uh, get, get in that car of yours and drive up to Liverpool and start coaching there. Mate. Get, get in that gym. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just a bit of a weird uh, judging criteria as well. 30-27 one way, 30-27 exactly. yeah. the other. So you've got to wonder what, any, what these boys are watching. But Yeah, disappointing result. I'm disappointed for him. But like you say, he's not a million miles away and he's... But not been very active, so fair play. And he's fighting Vanatta, so he's a very experienced veteran. So not too much shine lost, but um, a little bit of work to do, perhaps. Jordan Wright looked good against Jamie Pickett, first round KO. Andrea Lee, second round armbar against uh, Shevchenko's older sister, I think she is. Obviously, the champ Valentina, Shevchenko lost his fight. Andrea Lee, good. She, she had her in a triangle for about four minutes and 45 seconds of the second round. And then right, kind of... Maybe 20 seconds to go. She got, managed to get the arm and got an arm bar there. So that was good. Uh, in, she's a Texan. It was in Texas. So that was good. Good reaction. Jordan Wright. I think he, he lost. in he on the contender series? Dana White's contender looking for a series fight. Um, so I think, he t- <laughs> I, think he took, I think he took a bit of stick for that. But he's, he's looked very impressive since he's, since he's come back. Two wins now. Oh, First round was, KO. That was a quality <laughs> attempt. Dana White looking for a series. <laughs> um... Do you know what I like about Jordan Wright? He just looks like he works at my office. Yeah. He just looks like the most normal geezer out there. So, um, But he's a savage. And that was a very impressive performance over the uh, young pickets. And Andrea Lee um, didn't see that one. Missed that one. It was one of the early... The first one on the prelims. I think I missed that one. But it sounds like another impressive performance. And probably got the crowd going early, which is, I think, the reason she was probably on Thursday. But what an event all round, Joseph. Obviously, the highlights. Charles Oliveira. But there were so many highlights on there. Couple of ups, couple of downs, but all in all, that that it's lightning in a bottle. It seems to be these pay-per-view events with the crowd being back. And it, yeah. The commentary team adds so much to it as well. It's just it's something special every time. I think it's it's almost quite good to have these little gaps in between crowds because it just sort of builds the anticipation. It makes that a little bit more special, Joe. So what a fantastic event! Let's get into the news then. First up, we got what you would probably expect to be a title eliminator between Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood on June the 12th. Obviously, Derek Lewis was uh, at the USC the weekend calling out Lauren Murphy uh, and then saying she deserves a title shot. I think I think that's probably fair to say. And Joanne Calderwood obviously was on the road to a title shot and just took another fight and lost. So, yeah, a little title eliminator there. So that's one to look forward to. Obviously, we'll always back Joanne Calderwood. Middleweights, I've got one for you, Matthew. Paolo Costa against Jared Cannonier, August the 21st. That's a bit of a naughty one, isn't it? JC, 
JC. Uh, he's not, we haven't really seen him, have we, since he's lost to Whitaker. Whitaker. How long ago was that? That was a long old while ago now. Was it? Oh, no, that's Fight Island. Not too long ago, but um, yeah, he sort of disappeared. And Costa, he's just sort of been he's just on been the wires, doing, doing whatever he wants. Been on the wires, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been on the wolf blast, the geezer. But um, <laughs> he's he's signed up now. Hopefully, we see him actually enter the cage this time round. Fantastic fight. That's just fireworks, isn't it? That is just absolute fireworks. I, I fancy. I fancy a bit of cannon here there, if I'm honest, my early thoughts, particularly if it's a main event, I, guess, I think he's got a better gas tank and I think he can go a bit, go into the deep waters and he's a big lad, isn't he? So um, I'd like to see JC get a win there. He's a bit underappreciated. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably side with cannon here at the moment. Just, just, it's just all, all round tempo and intensity is a little bit more, isn't it? Yeah, just Costa just at a minute, don't say how he wants to be there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> all on JC there. And there's a little word on Joanne Caldwell. That's a fantastic uh, event, that is. Is that 262? I think there's a lot of Brits and Scots involved there. So, yeah, hopefully, I think, fingers crossed, she gets the win there. I think that's a number one contender fight all day long. So, hopefully, she gets a win and finally gets a crack at the bullet. Jeremy Stevens just gets another up-and-coming monster in Matthews Gamrot. You'll remember we saw him. It was probably a little while ago now, but he finished. He, I think he finished someone first, second round. Looked fantastic. He was KSW champion. So July seventeenth, bad, bad little sort of deal of the cards there for Jeremy Stevens. I think. Yeah, what would, what would this be? Six, seven losses, something like that in a row. Be a few, know. wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a tough go, isn't it? It's a tough go. I, I don't know if this, this is up at lightweight now. He's, he's, he's not cutting weight anymore, is he? I think he's just sacked it. Because oh yeah, weren't he going to fight Drakkar close? And he pushed him. And he broke his back. Or something. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got obviously got a lot more power up at lightweight. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and he's uh, yeah, he's one of those like the Ferguson we were talking about before. Anyway, one these older veterans, these OGs, these legends. You want to see him go out of a win. You don't want to see him go on this slippery slope and just end up with just loss after loss after loss, taking damage from these young lions. So all behind Lil Heaven, Jeremy Stevens, whenever that fight. And you're right, you're right, Hall after his kind of indecisive victory last time out. He hasn't really gone up in the rankings, so to speak. He's facing Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's come back, put a nice few wins together, so he's rewarded for that. This is on UFC 265. So that's a tasty little fight. And I did want to give a shout-out to Alexei Olenek, one of our faves, up against Sergei Spivak, the polar bear, a legend uh, amongst this podcast and the, the, the lore surrounding us. So got, got a shout-out to the polar bear, June 20th, for that one. Just a legend amongst... Men, really, yeah, and uh, the general population. So just a big geezer. Yeah, fair play, Spivak, the polar bear. And what was the other fight you just said? Paul Strickland. Paul Strickland. Yeah. yeah. That fight to me is a great fight on paper, but the fact I just forgot about it straight away. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a bit of a weird one for Hall because he had this big little run, he beat Anderson Silva. The Wyman thing is just very unlucky all, all round. Um I thought he'd be going for a bigger name. I thought he'd be going all out. In fact, he's been calling out Adesanya as well, stuff like that. You'd think he'd be looking ahead. Maybe it's just a quick turnaround, months time. He get, needs get a win a, out of the way. Maybe, maybe. But um, I don't think it'd be easy. Strickland's very, very good. So it, it should be a good matchup there, actually. So hopefully it's not like a, a classic Uriah Hall standoff and he actually goes and uh, goes in for the kill. So huge, huge fight for Uriah Hall. He loses that. He's lost any kind of momentum he's got and uh, Strickland just grabs it from him. So... Big, big fight in middleweight division, that. Let's get into the entertainment section then, sponsored, as always, by your girl, LK. We're starting off with the news that there will be a UFC in London. Darren Till up against Derek Brunson, and that rhymes. But, interestingly, 
obviously that's fantastic news. Hopefully we can get tickets for that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Brits on there. And there'll probably be Overeem or someone like that. Though He always gets thrown on the London cards. But interestingly, as I say, it's on the same night as Anthony Joshua. Tyson Fury was scheduled to be before Wilder threw... through um, A legal spanner. <laughs> through a legal spanner in the works. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, so let's maybe pretend that hasn't happened for now. Think about if you've got Tyson Fury against Joshua in, in Saudi Arabia. I'm not quite sure what time that would be. Uh, I don't I don't know if you know, Matthew. And Darren Till, you would hope that they do this one at a, at a normal time. I probably It's probably not going to be a pay-per-view against Darren Brunson. Possibly, I think there's a Derek Brunson. I think there's a, a potential there with Till because he is such a blockbuster, obviously. But hopefully it's maybe a fight night and that'll actually be on at a normal time. Joshua Fury, will they try and do the same thing? Will they do that for US audiences? Who knows? So what are your thoughts about that initially? Well, on the fight initially... Um, Brunson and Till, that is just a no-brainer for me. I think Brunson, obviously, is ahead of him in the rankings. He could be fighting for a number one contender if he uh, asked for it, perhaps. Asked for a Costa or uh, Whitaker again or something like that. But Till's a massive name, and he's, he's a massive name. Beat Till, grabs headlines, you're straight in the spotlight and into, into a title fight, probably. And Darren Till, by the same token, Hasn't fought for a while. Gets straight back in against the top fiver. Gets him straight back into the mix. No-brainer of a fight. Definitely going to be a fight night. Now I think Joseph purely because it's, it'll be against it'll be against Joshua and Fury, innit? So people aren't going to want to buy one or the other. I think they're pretty much going to choose the the big big boxing fight, which I believe will be at the same time as it is in London. If anything to go by would be the oh, really? Joshua and Ruiz fight was in Saudi Arabia also. And that was at a normal time, if you remember correctly. So I think this is going to be a bit of a bit of a conundrum for any fight fan out there, particularly from the UK. Joseph, you, in a, in a world where you can't have two tellies, <laughs> can you imagine right. such a? Can you imagine a world? So I can only I can only I can just choose one to watch, and there's no channel flicking. Just choose one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you got you got one telly. I can't watch. That. I can't, can't watch the start of the UFC and then and then finish. That would have boxed in or vice versa. No, just one. No, uh, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a world with one channel. I should have been more <laughs> specific. So you've got UFC London. It's going to be headlined by Darren Till and Derek Brunson. I assume there will be no title fights on there because obviously it's headed up by that fight. There'll be some great UK talent on there, no doubt. Arnold Allen might make his way onto their meatball. Molly McCann, Nathaniel Wood, I reckon he should be calling out Sean O'Malley for this event, but that's just another thing altogether. Among others, there's going to be plenty of talent on there. Versus the biggest fight in boxing history. Which way are you going? Yeah, okay. If I only get if I only get one, and they're they're on at UK time, I'm oh, I've got to go Joshua Fury. I'm afraid I, I just have to. This is this is the one, isn't it? This is what we've all been waiting for. Two British heavyweights in boxing going at it for the title. You know, I watched the I've recently watched the Lennox Lewis documentary and the Frank Bruno documentary, and you think about. Obviously, Lennox Lewis was a little bit next level, but we, we haven't had anything like that since then. So I think this, you know, to add these two from from Britain going out there fighting for the belts, I don't think you can miss that one. I think there are rumours that they're going to put the price up a little bit because obviously there's so much money involved. They've got, they got to pay for it somehow, which I will be disappointed at. But probably when it comes to it, I'll, I'll cough it up. So I just, I just think that is you can't miss that one, can you? Ideally, I would watch the UFC all the way up until Joshua Fury. 
Well, hopefully, I I'm totally agree, Joe. You've got to go with the biggest fight of all time, haven't you? I mean, you can always... I think so, <laughs> yeah. In this um, parallel universe where you're watching the one telly, you can uh, hopefully watch a recording of the UFC straight after or something like that and avoid some results. But, yeah, it is a bit annoying because I'd like to try and go to the UFC London one, but you're not going to be able to do both, you know what I mean? You're not going to be able to watch yeah, it on yeah. the telly and go to the live event. So, a little bit disappointing from that regard but you've got to go with the boxing in you know, it's the biggest fight of all time so. bit of a pain in the ass in Saudi Arabia and obviously as these promoters will say uh, boxing is nothing without the fans that's why they're bumping up the prices then isn't it they're just mugs <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> when they've got you by the got that's you by it. the bollocks side out you can't do nothing about it they've got you all ends up um, hopefully it sticks together it sounds like it's all over the place at the minute Wilder a judge has, has ruled See it, yeah. Fury's got a fight. Wilder. Like, wait, wait. Why is it? A judge? I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is he going to do if he doesn't fight? Go to prison, I suppose. Not go to prison. I don't know. But, but yeah, but that's boxing, isn't it, mate? It's just an yeah, absolute yeah, sham is. most of the time. Um, I mean, what happened to these fights being active as well? When's the last time Joshua even fought? Got to be eighteen months ago now. Do you know what I mean? It's just uh, absolutely crazy. I think he did. He fight someone during a pandemic. He fought uh, Pavet, Pavetkin, maybe. That did him white, did. Yeah, he probably did. I don't know. Fair, and I, I don't just know. completely yeah. swerved it. Um, but yeah, big big decisions to be made. August fourteenth for Joseph. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we got a couple of tellies on the go. And of course, you got a fancy Tyson Fury going into that one because he's been training with Nick Diaz, so. He has indeed. What a, what a collaboration. If you could come up with the <laughs> maddest dreamlike combination in the world. Well, I, want, I want to know what they chat about. What do you they do? Oh, God knows. God knows. I'm, I'm surprised they can even understand each other, to be honest. I don't think they can. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a classic. It, Tyson Fury knows what he's doing. He always, he always teases the MMA. and he, They were doing like a little bit of shooting and stuff, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. He knows he's never getting in there in a million years. It's just, <laughs> he knows how to whip up a frenzy. So, yeah, fair play to him. But um, he's he's training with Nick Diaz. But more to the point, Nick Diaz is training with Tyson Fury. So does this mean that um, the comeback might actually happen? Because, I mean, Dana White was saying, I'll be t- I talked to this kid and he ain't got it in his eyes that he wants to fight. But um, he's, he's training with some serious athletes like Tyson Fury. Maybe he is coming back. So that'd be great to see. But, yeah, big decisions to be made August 14th, Joe. All right, then, that's the news. We've got a decent little card coming up this weekend, Matthew, but we are running out of time, unfortunately. So we'll start with the main event. It's a crack of Rob Font up against Cody Garbrandt. This one was, of course, rearranged. I think there was some COVID in the midst somewhere. But it's a great fight, actually. Rob Font, we said after his performance last time and the run he's put, he's put on recently, he deserves a big shot. And obviously Cody Garbrandt's kind of been a little bit unlucky by all accounts. He hasn't hasn't been very active uh, at all. So this is kind of a little bit of a shootout to see who moves up there and puts their name into the hat for a title shot isn't it, in that division. And I think it's it's almost too tough to call. Odds-wise, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know which way to go. I think on Rob Font's form, I kind of fancy him. You know, I it's tough though because Cody Garbrandt looked superb in his last fight, didn't he? I mean, did, did, did the, the finish that he got, you remember that? that punch that he kind of threw from his hip, you know, has that, has, that, has that put a little bit of a gloss on the performance there? I'd have to go back and look at it, to be honest. But, you know, I can't split these ones. Odds-wise, I'd probably say Garbrandt's the favourite, I would guess. Uh, you, you, you talked yourself out of 
getting it right there, Joe. You were saying really? he's probably the favourite, and he is. He's the four to five favourite. Carl Brandt's slightly out at evens, which oh, is wow. I, I find quite interesting. To be honest. I thought Carl Brandt might be quite an obvious favourite, but as you say, Font's been in way better form, albeit over yeah. a longer time. He's only really had a fight per uh, like once a year, so he's while he's racking up the wins, they're not exactly consistently getting in the cage. Garbrandt has has the COVID thing affected him because obviously he's had a lot of fights pulled out because of that, and he's you never know what these fights are going to be like after that, and you have to see them to see what the actual effect has actually been on their performances. So and he's got a very tough go here in Rob Font, probably close to a number one contender fight here. What do you think? Yeah. I, I... I think it probably is, particularly with a big win, a nice uh, a finish. I, th- I think if Garbrandt gets a massive win here, what of his name, former champion, marketable, marketable rather, uh, I think he's straight in. I think he's straight in for a title shot, but he's got a tough go in in Rob Font. Rob Font's little run here is very uh, reminiscent here of a bit of like Charles Oliveira. He's very, Charles, yeah. very up and down, um, a long, long time coming. I don't know how many wins or how many fights he's had in USC or how long he's been here, but it seems like it's been forever and he seems to be had big injuries. He's had to have comeback after comeback. So this would be quite a story if Rob Font can get a big win over a former champion in Garbrandt at the weekend and and somehow win the title. And you have a, have a world where Oliveira and Rob Font are all champions in the UFC. But it'd be quite a thing to see. And I'll, I think I'll be happy whoever gets to win here. But you've got to have a little bit of uh, little bit of feeling for Rob Font here. That'd be a fantastic story, wouldn't it? Yeah, I do think so. I'll probably pull him for Rob Font. Yeah, so I'd like to see that. Another fight that actually got rearranged. It's on this card. Uh, we've, we've spoken about it a little bit recently, so we don't get, get into it too much. I guess we want predictions here. Jack Amanson up against Edmund Shabazian. I think they're both coming off losses, aren't they? Shabazian, obviously, Brunson, Hamanson. Was Whitaker the, the last loss? Possibly. We'll go with that. So, yeah, it's a good fight, actually. It's a good fight. And again, this is one where it's an almost number one contender fight. I think uh, whoever wins this is kind of, they could probably call for a title shot. But, you know, it, it puts him in the mix at least. Again, different, well, difficult one to call. I'd probably, I'd probably say the bookies favour Hermanson here with the experience. But Shabazzian looked fantastic up until that last loss. And he took, obviously, a little while off. And at that age and with that potential, that you know, he's probably improving at an absolute rate of knots. So Hermanson had that run. Was that his run? Was that his time? Or is, is he capable of bouncing back as well? Obviously, he, could, he probably had some holes to iron out of his game. Shabazian, good striker. Hermanson's going to want to grapple here. So, good little fight. What are your predictions? I, I like your point on that. He's, he's so young and he's had such a long time since his last fight that he's probably improved at a rate of knots. I think that is the case of a lot of fighters. And I think you might see like a 2.0 version, whatever the expression may be, for Shabazian. Yeah. I think he's going to look really, really good. I think he's going to come back looking good. If he gets into a grappling exchange, though, with a joker, he could be in a bit of trouble, Joseph. Um Manson, he he's the favourite. He's four to six here and six to five for Edmund. So it's very, very close. Hard to pick him. And I'll probably lean towards Hermanson purely on the basis of his uh, back catalogue and has Brunson laid the, the blueprint of how to beat Shabazian? Maybe he has and Hermanson probably one of the best persons to out there to do that. Um, going back to your point is Vittori was his last loss, Joe. You remember that main event? He lost to Vittori in a bit of, of a course. war. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and Vittori's fighting for the title now, so there's no shame in that. So, very, very big fight in middleweight. The winner's right up there, um, one or two away from a title shot. So, great great opportunity for Jabazian because he's, he's well out of the running in a minute. So, good way for him to jump the queue a little bit. But I'm going with Hermanson. 
And to wrap it all up, you've got another fight that could potentially produce a title contender as well. Yes, um, we've got Yan X. Yeah, I'm not going to even attempt to now, uh, pronounce it. Jianonan? Jianonan. We'll go. That was that was pretty impressive, Joseph. She's got a bit of a run, guys. She's got a bit of a run. She's beaten um, Gadea Kavalkovic and uh, Angela Hill in her last three fights. Got a six-fight winning streak going in the UFC. Win over Carla Esparza. She's right in the mix, and we could have uh, another Chinese champion, um, obviously, after uh, Wei Li. Big, big things going on in that short weight division, isn't there? So Rose has got a lot of work to do, a lot of contenders to beat, and uh, we may see the next one in Yan um, after Saturday night. All right, then. I'm excited for that. We could have, yeah, three title contenders out of this card. So looking forward to it. We'll wrap it there, Matthew. We've been going on for a little while now, so I will let everyone get back to go about their business. But thank you all for listening. Check us out on social media. Twitter is MustardMMA. Instagram is the Mustard MMA. Get involved. Check out MustardMMA.com as well for all the latest blogs. And access to all your podcasts. You can listen to them wherever. Leave a like and a subscribe and a review. That would be great. Otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye, mate.